Hello and welcome to the eighth chapter of this audiobook series of Your Inner Game, 12 Principles of High Impact Entrepreneurs. Today we're going to talk about probably one of the most powerful ideas I've come across on this show and that's all about character. You know, when you lose your character, you've really lost everything. So character in business, how to develop a strong sense of character is incredibly important when one embraces a business environment that is constantly accelerating and is becoming constantly and even more uncertain day after day, seemingly. So if you have been following along, guys, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for investing in the show. I know many of you have been following this show for over six years now. So this is my way of making a difference to you. Uh, this book has really made an incredible difference to so many people all around the world. So this is my way of giving back to the community of entrepreneurs all around the world. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Because without you, this book would not be what it is today. And remember, if you are enjoying what you are hearing, if something you hear does resonate with you, please connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. You can, of course, tweet me your questions to Matt Brown ZA. So without further ado, let's get on with the next chapter. Chapter eight, without character, we have nothing. Player, Kathy Davies, host of Outpatients on Fox Life. Episode MBS 116. Principle, I will develop a strong sense of character. Talent is a gift, but character is a choice. John Maxwell. Kathy Davies is an entrepreneur and a doctor who transforms the lives of ordinary people and celebrities through aesthetic surgery. Through her reality TV show, Outpatients, which airs on Fox Life, Kathy shares the real-life stories of ordinary people who have been dealt some unbelievably bad blows. What's truly incredible about their stories, though, is that despite everything, they share a common trait. The inner strength to push through incredible pain, physical deformities, and despair to achieve their dreams. During my interview with Kathy, she recounted a few of the stories that really stood out for her. One, a beautiful 17-year-old Zimbabwean girl called Courtney, was mauled by lions. Another, a talented young rugby player from Port Elizabeth, Q, was doused in petrol and set on fire. By the time Kathy met them, they had both almost died and undergone a number of surgeries that had left them heavily scarred and in pain. Courtney's father owned a game farm in Zimbabwe. There were two lions on the farm and they had been brought up to the main house for medical treatment. The lions were kept in an enclosure near the house, as they always were if they needed to be treated in some way. It wasn't a particular unusual day, except that this time, while Courtney was playing inside the house, the lioness snapped, escaped her enclosure, sprang through the window of the house and pulled Courtney through the burglar bars and back into the enclosure. The gardener on the property heard screams and growls and went to investigate. What he saw was chilling. Courtney had somehow managed to escape the lioness's attention and was crawling towards the fence. As she got close, she stood up and immediately attracted the male lion's attention. He attacked her, seized her in his jaws and pulled her to the ground. The gardener summoned what can only be described as superhuman strength and a bucket load of courage, jumped over the fence and chased the two lions away, picked up Courtney's limp and savaged body and climbed back over the fence. Courtney was almost dead. She was rushed by helicopter to the nearest hospital and though her life was saved, she was stitched back together so crudely by doctors who lacked the skill to properly deal with her crushed skull. She was eventually moved to Mulpark Hospital where she spent the next few months in the ICU or the intensive care unit, 
recovering from her injuries. When Kathy first met her, Courtney's eyebrow had been moved right up above the hairline on her forehead. She was a patchwork doll who had suffered both a physical and a mental trauma. Q was a young, talented rugby player at his local school in Port Elizabeth. He had been scouted by a feeder school and drafted to play for the Blue Bulls, one of the biggest rugby franchises in South Africa. One day after writing an exam, he was hit on the back of the head by school students with a golf club, doused in petrol, and set on fire. His ears were burned off completely. When he came to, he was still on fire, but managed to run to the nearest tap, begging someone to turn it on so that he could extinguish the flames. He was initially left for dead, but eventually people came to his aid. Q was flown to Tigerberg Hospital in Cape Town and spent several days in ICU. Months later, he was released from hospital. It was at this point that Kathy came into his life. Like Courtney, after several reconstructive surgeries in Dr. Kathy's hands, who eventually made a full recovery. Q's scars were repaired, and he is even playing rugby again. He didn't get a scholarship back though. In fact, the incident was never investigated, and the principal of the school even claimed that Q had set himself alight. The perpetrators have not been caught to this day. When Q had recovered enough from his injuries to return to rugby, he emailed the school not to get his scholarship back, but to get a trial to reclaim his spot in the team with the hope of earning his scholarship again. The school never replied. What's truly remarkable about this story is that in spite of everything that he's been through, Q holds his head up high. He feels no bitterness and seeks no revenge. Now that's character. When character is lost, all is lost. I find it difficult to imagine the depth of character both Courtney and Q must have to be able to find the strength to overcome the trauma of their experiences. Listening to Kathy recount these stories, I was struck by the fact that both of these events were completely beyond their control. I've thought about this a lot since first interviewing Kathy. If something goes seriously wrong in your life or your business, but it's the result of something that is within your control, that's one thing. Perhaps you learn from it. Perhaps you even have the opportunity to fix it or at least open up new opportunities because of it. But when something goes wrong as a result of something that is completely beyond your control, that's an entirely different thing. For me, it would be much more difficult to accept and overcome, particularly if severe mental or physical trauma is experienced. I've discussed these stories countless times, first with Kathy and then with family, friends and other entrepreneurs in my network. I've eventually come to the realization that when you're faced with a situation that you cannot control, and I'm talking about extreme situations that are fraught with emotions, there's great power in acceptance. By accepting the situation, our life energy is able to flow again, and depression, anxiety, and even rage dissipates as the dust settles. Imagine what it took for Courtney and Q to achieve that level of acceptance. And now imagine if they didn't. Today, they are happy. Without acceptance, they would be miserable, trapped in their own existence and past horrors. These are, of course, extreme stories. I'm not comparing entrepreneurship to being burned alive or mauled by a lion, not really. But every day, we can make the choice to work on what's in our control and accept what's beyond our control. Or we can focus on everything that drives us nuts or frustrates us and end up angry and dissatisfied. It's a pretty easy road to take. You just need to sit in Joburg traffic in the morning to know what I'm talking about. As you pursue your dream of building a business of purpose, there's no magic formula for success except perhaps an unconditional acceptance of life and what it brings along your entrepreneurial journey. 
and making the most of opportunities presented. Sometimes you're nothing more than an observer. You're looking through a window into other people's lives, both positive and negative, thinking you'll never share the same experiences. We've all thought it. That shit will never happen to me. The challenge is that as entrepreneurs, we need to cultivate the ability to truly accept whatever comes and embrace it. If you're going to build a business of significant value, you need to develop the habit of looking at whatever happens through a positive mindset instead of a negative defeatist one. Acceptance is a choice, a hard one, most definitely, but a choice nonetheless. Acceptance is the key to converting momentary happiness into enduring happiness. It helps you from feeling happy to actually being happy. And believe me, happiness can be a difficult thing to hang on to when you're feeling the pressure of building a business. Finding the lesson or purpose behind every challenge will help you embrace it instead of fight it. If you believe that everything happens for a reason, better things will always follow. That's the beginning of true acceptance and the seeds of developing a strong character. Because when you lose your character, you lose everything. Welcome back. One of the themes of your inner game, Matt, is accountability. And this is something that's important in your business as well, right? You've got the principle, own your shit with your, with your employees. Um, and what I love about this chapter is that you recount these devastating stories but they're all completely outside of the control of Courtney and Q and looking back, even what Joey and Richard have gone through. But the principle remains, own your shit. How have you baked that into your culture? And particularly when on a daily basis, every single one of us watches politicians, people in leadership positions, particularly large corporations doing the exact opposite. How do we learn to hold ourselves to our higher standard and to own our shit? Great question, Nadine. I think where this starts for me is that, and you alluded to it, is that there's two types of problems. There's problems that manifest because of something you did. They were in your control. So I didn't sell enough and I lost my business. I didn't sell enough. I have to retrench my staff. Then there are the problems that manifest from a place which is beyond your control. C19. Pandemic put 50,000 restaurants out of business, right? So, those are the problems that really do cause a lot of friction um, and angst for most of us, right? Because if you know that you didn't sell enough and you had to return three staff members, or whatever the situation is, at least you were the one that was responsible for that. Sure, it doesn't feel good but you still feel a little bit better than having your business taken away from you because of something that was just like, it wasn't part of your business plan or any business plan in the world for that matter, right? So pandemic comes and off you go, your business is gone, you put 80 families you know, out of work. So that, that situation, the latter one is much, much harder. So it's all about accountability at the end of the day. And I would, I would, hypothesize that the way that you come to terms with any kind of problem is by taking ruthless accountability for it. Let me explain. Even if COVID-19 came and took your, your, or threatened the existence of your restaurant, right? Or threatened the existence of your events company. What did you do about it? What did you do about it? 
did you go, oh, whereas me, we're out of business, can't get support from the government. And uh, yeah, that stimulus package didn't come through in time. And uh, yeah, so, you know, fuck C19. Is that, is that it? Is that, your, is that where you're going to sit for the rest of your life? Is that on your deathbed, the event, you can look at it and are you going to go, yeah, I don't regret that at all. Did you try everything that you could have tried? So as the case in point, you know, uh, you know, with uh, events companies, you could do online events. There's so many virtual events companies now. It's crazy, right? Because you recognize the opportunity was to change. I mean, most companies adopted, you know, five years of digital transformation in two weeks because they had to. But did you adopt five years of digital transformation in two weeks or did you just say, well, I quit? Did you take absolute accountability for the situation? Because ultimately the entrepreneurs that succeed succeed because they overcome any challenge, whether it's something that's in their control or whether it's something that's out of their control. You have to overcome. And the way that you overcome is by being ruthlessly accountable with yourself first and then your team. It's not the other way around. So the moment you recognize that you're always at cause, accountability being the bridge to your success and action baked in with that, that's how you become successful. You link the idea of acceptance to this as well. And and that's what I think I found most interesting about this chapter is that acceptance and accountability sound like that they're not the same thing, but they're actually two sides of the same coin. They work together. Mm. Take us through how you can be both, why you need acceptance to become ruthlessly accountable and how grit ties into all of these things. So C19, a lot of us haven't accepted the reality of it. My team, I still, many of my members of my team are very anxious about this year still, you know, despite vaccines being around. Yes, there's problems with distribution, blah, blah, blah. We're figuring all that stuff out, right? But the reality is what it is. It's sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it really, really sucks. But you are never going to execute and make appropriate decisions if you don't fully accept reality for being what it is right? You, otherwise, you're just going to make excuses about why you didn't do or you can't do the thing that you, that you need to do, right? You are, oh, well, we don't have the money to pivot. It's not the right time. Uh, there's nothing we can do. Whatever those narratives are, right? Step one is accepting that this is the reality. This is how it is. We are never going to go back to the way things were, Right, so you accept that first. Then you say to yourself, well, what's step two? Well, what are the opportunities now? If everything is fucked, what do we now have as an opportunity? I had uh, Jeb Blount on the podcast not too long ago. Virtual selling, right? C19 has removed borders. You can sell anyone anywhere in the world because everybody now is, is driven by mandate to use a Microsoft Teams or a Zoom or a Google Hangouts or a Skype interface. Business has changed. We will always have distributed workforces. Microsoft, people, you know, their staff can work from home for the, for the rest of time. So same thing with Twitter, right? And, and, and. And so many, many other companies have made those same sorts of decisions. So the opportunity is now for virtual selling. So instead of you being constrained to a border like Texas or a border like Johannesburg or South Africa or the UK, you can now 
sell anyone anywhere. That's the opportunity. But you will never see the opportunity if you don't accept the reality. Otherwise, you're just going to be stuck there. Woe is me. Fixed mindset. Victim. Right? But you accept reality and there's a whole bunch of power in acceptance, right? That this is how it is for me. When you do that, you empower yourself to take control. You give yourself a mandate to seek out opportunity or to change, to your point. But it all starts with accepting that this is how things are. And in the book, I write about, you know, uh, these people who've just like had crazy things happen to them, mauled by lions, you know, facial disfigurement, set on fire uh, by kids who were just jealous of you, you know, life-changing things uh, that happened to these uh, incredible people, Courtney Q, et cetera. Um, and yet they overcame and they still found a way to create opportunity for themselves. But it started with accepting that this is how it is now. This is how it is for me. It's never going to change for me, right? This is my reality. I'm stuck in this chair. So this is what Joey writes about. You know, he said the two types of paraplegics, ones that basically feel that their lives are worthless and they're going to depression and all this kind of stuff and they'll never ever leave that chair. But there are those who might be in that chair, but their mind is most definitely left. Um, and so this is the reality. So accept it, figure out the opportunity and then execute. No more noble excuses. It's becoming one of my mantras. Thanks, Matt. This was an awesome chapter. Let's, uh, let's head into chapter nine. Ever wanted to become a best-selling author? Well, I'm in the influence business and I work with business owners and CEOs and business leaders to help them scale their influence. And we do this as a team by helping you to become a best-selling author, sought-after speaker and industry influencer in only 30 days. My team and I have developed a system that delivers a best-selling book and a launch campaign 300% faster and 50% less cost than anyone else in North America. This system is incredibly efficient. One of my clients, Haiku, went from a 2% share of voice globally to an 11% share of voice globally in only seven days. If you'd like more information, head on over to showworksmedia.com for more. That is showworks with an X.com.